In the first two messages, we covered to some extent, not, not fully, but perhaps sufficient for the time limitations we have in this conference. We covered some of the crucial aspects of the central vision of Paul's completing ministry. And now, as we come to message three, to focus uh, actually intensely on the central work of God. We do this as much as each one of us is able at the present to consider this central work of God under the light and guidance of the central vision. Our sovereign God concerning his will, heart's desire, eternal purpose, counsel, economy, wants to dispense himself as the process and consummated triune God into our inner being and become the content of our tripartite being so that we may bring joy to his heart and satisfaction to him in becoming the body of Christ in reality, the corporate expression of the triune God of glory. This central vision requires every aspect of the work of God. I just want to try to avoid any misunderstanding. It's my responsibility to make this word as clear as I can. When, we, when I come now to the central work of God and concentrate on it and emphasize it, in no way am I suggesting that we neglect other necessary aspects of the work, that we consider them optional. No, it would be a serious mistake and drastic imbalance spiritually for us to say the central work of God, that's all I need is to be in this. No, we have the commission to disciple the nations, to spread the truth universally, to raise up churches, for eldership to be established, for the saints to be supplied and shepherded. And we need 
a further development of the prayer ministry of the church, of the carrying out of the God-ordained way to build up the church. And so I, I hope this is somewhat clear that the focus, the central work of God in no way diminishes all the other aspects of the work. In Acts 13, the Holy Spirit spoke and said, separate Barnabas and Saul unto the work to which I have called them. In Revelation 22, the Lord tells us, as he did in Matthew 16, when he comes, he will reward each one according to the works. We know from the parable of the serving ones with the talents in Matthew 25. What we do with the talent the Lord measured out to us. This is a work of service. If we are faithful or not, that will determine whether or not we'll be in the kingdom. And the other parable in that chapter, as we all know, concerns having oil in our vessel. In our lamp, there we have the life side, and that implies the central work of God. So I have the piece now to go on and concentrating my entire being on this marvelous, wonderful subject God's intention in his economy to build himself in Christ into our being. And his work of building himself in Christ into our being is his central work. So this outline is more full and longer and more detailed than the previous two. So I will come now to the outline itself and we'll walk through it, I believe, with the spirit guiding us, the spirit of reality guiding us into reality. And we do this with a clear sky and an open heaven under the throne, being supplied by Christ's heavenly ministry. Dear saints, we are in a reality. Right now, where I am and where you are hearing this, there's a ladder joining earth to heaven. That is Christ, the Son of Man bringing heaven down to earth, joining us to heaven. 
as the Lord is carrying out his heavenly ministry, his administration, his priesthood, he is dispensing constantly, transmitting continuously the divine elements into the body. So we cannot see him, but we are having this conference in him, with him, to him, through him, by him, that soon the bride will have made herself ready because the body has been built up and the new man has, been, has fulfilled God's purpose and the Lord will come for his bride. And a very vital aspect of the bride making herself ready is the central work of God. So after we go through this outline, I have what I would call a kind of P.S. And to give you a little foretaste, that P.S. will finish the message with suggesting that we need to consecrate ourselves to the Lord, to cooperate with him in his central work. Okay, Roman 1, God's New Testament economy is for the processed and consummated triune God to be wrought into us to become our life and our very being. This is the central work of God. For this, economically, the triune God in Christ was processed and consummated so that he is able to be wrought into us to become our life. Christ, our life and our being, really the contents, the constituents of our inner being. A, the most crucial and mysterious matter revealed in the Bible is that God's ultimate intention is to work himself into his chosen people. The most crucial matter and the most mysterious matter I have been considering very much the central work of God for nearly 25 years. The Lord has made this so precious to me. And actually, it's the center of my portion in the ministry and in the work and as a brother in the church. 
This central work is crucial, but it's mysterious. Christ is making his home in our heart through faith. We can't see what's happening. We shouldn't trust subjective feelings, but we simply believe that even now as we're meeting, Christ is endeavoring to make his home more in our heart. So God's ultimate intention is to work himself into us, work himself. This requires his wisdom, his tenderheartedness, his determination. He knows exactly where all of us are before him in our inner being. And he's actively operating in us to build himself into every inward part in us. In Ephesians 4, 4 through 6, actually here we have what we may call four in one. God is three in one, three one. In the Godhead. But now the triune God is one with the body of Christ composed of us. So that is four in one. The triune God wrought into us corporately as well as personally. B, God's eternal purpose is to work himself into us as our life and our everything so that we may take him as our person, live him, and express him. This is the desire of God's heart and the focal point of the Bible. This sentence here surely is worthy of praying and reading and having this assimilated into our inner being, even if we can't quote it word for word, the essence is in us. God's central purpose is to work himself into us. We ordinary, redeemed, and regenerated human beings, by the mercy of God, brought into his recovery, and has kept us here and allowing us to have this time together. Praise him. What a wonderful God he is. And his goal is to be our life and our everything so that we may take him this is our cooperation as our person, 
not only as our life, it is Christ the person who is making his home in our hearts. Take him as our person, live him, and express him. The Lord is praying for this, shepherding for this, ministering for this, to be able to see on the earth a group of people in the churches living him and expressing him to fulfill the desire of God's heart and to live out the focal point of the Bible. A little word here about the Bible. We may want to consider a little with the Lord in our reading of the Bible, in our pray reading, in our studying, in our reading the life studies that opens up the Bible, what is our focal point? We may not even have yet a definite focal point. But I'm learning and can testify what I'm still learning. The Bible is just a new book, truly spirit and life. When we read and pray and study it, knowing the focal point, the focal point of the whole Bible, especially the New Testament, is the central work of God. And just to take a further step forward in application, what is the focal point of our personal life with the Lord? When we have a time with him for morning revival or at other times as our situation allows, what is the focal point? When the focal point becomes the central work of God, I can testify. It brings in newness, freshness, and an inner revival. Coming again and again to the central focus. Becoming our focus. This makes us intrinsically one with the living God. See, in his economy, God's intention is for the processed and consummated triune God to be wrought into our being to make us a new person, a new I, in quotes. Paul said in Galatians 2.20, as we know, I was crucified with Christ. I, the old man I was crucified with Christ. It is no longer I, the old man, who lives. It is Christ who lives in me. Now, wait a minute. 
In each one of us, isn't I and me the same? Well, how can there be, how can Paul say, there's a me when the I has been crucified? Well, this is a new me. A me indwelt by Christ. Christ is the one living in us, making us a new me, and the new me becomes this new I. So Paul goes on to say, the life that I now live, a new I. I live in the faith of the Son of God. Really, Christ is my faith. And the Son of God loved me and gave himself up for me. What a testimony of the central work. Point D, God's economy and goal according to his heart's desire are to build himself into man and to build man into him. And this is the fulfillment seen in Ephesians 3.17 of God's prophetic promise to David. David said, Here I am in my own house, and the Lord does not have a dwelling place. I'm, I'm going to build a house, a temple for him. And then the Lord spoke through the prophet, No, you will not build a house for me. I will build. You will have a son, typifying with Solomon, typifying Christ. He will build me a dwelling place. And surely we will consider this Thoroughly, when we come to the crystallization study of 1st and 2nd Samuel, but brotherly open this up in the light of Ephesians 3 and other verses. This prophecy is also a prophecy in typology, signifying that Christ will build himself into us by making his home in our heart, he's building a dwelling place. John 14, 23, the Father and the Son will come and make a dwelling place with us. One, God's intention is to have Christ thoroughly worked into our being. And this word thoroughly points to a characteristic or attribute of our God. In whatever he does, 
He is thorough. What he begins, he will complete. And Paul said that, perhaps in 1 Corinthians, he who had begun a good work in you will complete it. And I'm touched now as I'm with you on this matter of having Christ thoroughly worked into our being. I can truly say before the Lord and to you, Christ has been worked into my being to some degree. How much, I don't know. I won't engage in introspection, self-analysis. But I cannot say it's thoroughly. The work isn't done. I'm not discouraged by that. I'm not disappointed. I reject Satan's lie. Just give up. You're a failure. No, you give up. You're going to the lake of fire. Just day by day, we come to the Lord as we are and say, continue your central work in me. And the Lord will let us know at the time when he and we together can declare the thorough work has been accomplished. The Lord, I believe, will be able to say to the universe, to the angels, even the enemy, look at this corporate person, my bride, my wife. She is thoroughly constituted with me. She is my counterpart, my match, my reproduction. And so day by day, we allow him to work in us, God's desire to work in himself into us thoroughly. But then this next part is quite convicting. However, in our spiritual seeking, we, we may have no concern about this. Caring instead for our own intention. And it's no surprise for me to say, this comes from Brother Lee, and I need to be faithful to articulate this, because this isn't the actual situation of a very large percentage of the saints. And that is, there's a spiritual seeking But in their kind of spiritual seeking, there's no concern about this. Somewhere in the life study of Galatians, Brother Lee addresses this. He said, I've been speaking this central vision for years, and very few have seen. He had the discernment. We, I respect that. Instead, 
we're caring only for our intention. Yes, we come to the Lord with a kind of spiritual seeking. But we ourselves may be the focus. My this, my that. Uh, my family, this and that. My, my career, my, my needs, this and that. Lord, come and take care of me. Well, we need to pray for our daily bread, asking the Father to supply us day by day. But like Paul wrote in Philippians 2.21, in this part of the epistle, he said, I will send Timothy to you who will genuinely care for what concerns you. He is the only one like sold with me for all seek their own things, not the things of Christ Jesus. This makes the Lord's heart ache. And even it makes my heart ache and others, their heart aches. So from time to time, we need this verse in Matthew 5. Blessed are they who mourn, for they shall be comforted. This may, it may not be shocking, it may be surprising. I believe many brothers and sisters that are parents who love their grown daughters and sons very much, did all that they can in the Lord to care for them, provide for them, train them. But now they're going their own way a very different way. And there's mourning in your heart, is there not? I know what this is like. We can't just say superficial things, well, everything will be fine. And Blessed are they who mourn. This is not the dominant emotion we have, no. It's rare, yes. But there is an element of mourning in this point. In our spiritual seeking, we may have no concern about this, about the central work. If we have a concern about the central work, we will pray about it day by day in various ways. Two, we all need to see that God's desire is to work into us. We need to see. So this is part of the central vision. God's desire is to work himself into us and to reconstitute us with himself 
so that we may be his testimony. Now in the, the second section, uh, this is really helping us apply what we just covered in our own life with the Lord. God's economy is centered on his central work. The central work of God in the universe and throughout all the ages and generations is to work himself in Christ into his chosen people, making himself one with them. B, God desires not mainly to do things for us, but to work himself into us. Surely he does things for us. He will continue to do this. But we are really off-center if in our prayer life with the Lord, in our fellowship with him, in our daily living, we focus on things we want him to do for us. Or do for us personally and do for us in the sense that we want them to do for our spouse, for our children, for our grandchildren. We may not include all the saints in our prayer. And again and again, we ask God to do this or that. But that is not mainly what God desires. He does desire. He will. We should make our requests known to God, Paul tells us in Ephesians 4. Don't stop making your needs known to him, your requests. The point is, this shouldn't be the focus. God desires to work himself into our being. And it will be an important day, a turning point in your personal life with the Lord. When you can truly say, Lord, I care more for your desire to work yourself into my being than I want you to do things for me. And Lord, even if for a period of time you do not do something that I've been praying about for so long. Lord, I'm okay. As long as you are working yourself into me, this is your central work. I am one with you, Lord. And I pray for this central work to take place in the lives of all the saints in your recovery. C, God's purpose is to work himself into us 
making himself our inward elements. This corresponds to message two, making himself the contents of our inner being. So this is the experience of the vision of that truth. One, this purpose is the center of the universe. Brother Lee never exaggerated. And as he exercised the ministering spirit, he was, he was always accurate and exact and faithful and true. So I treasure this point. We know that this purpose is the center of the universe. And apart from this purpose, the Christian life is meaningless. I'd like to apply this on two levels, both in principle. I have no persons in mind, just the principle. There are millions and millions of Christians on the earth. I mean, redeemed, regenerated children of God. But they are living a meaningless Christian life. They do not know the truth concerning God's economy. The blind really are leading the blind every so-called Sunday morning when there's sermon upon sermon. And now I apply this to us in principle. That there are dear saints who have been in the church life for quite a length of time. They are diligent, outwardly faithful, serve in a practical way, attend meetings, offer to the Lord, participate as, as much as they can in the feasts, but because they're not living in the central work of God, their Christian life is meaningless. According to God, according to their view, you know, everything is fine, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And, well, but I can testify this, and so can some others. When we are really fully open to the Lord, and are quiet and calm within, we may have the sense, Lord, there's something missing in my life, in the church, as your brother, a believer. When I was young, Lord, I was so excited and active but Lord, as the years and decades go by, I'm here, I'll never leave. But things have lost their meaning. 
This is actually, this may surprise you, a healthy, beneficial sense brought to our awareness by the Spirit. You need something more. You need to know the central work of God and give yourself personally every day for the Lord to carry out this central work of God in you. And so in some way or other, you pray the prayer of Ephesians 3, Father, strengthen me with power through your spirit into my inner man so that Christ may make his home in my heart. Lord, today, do this today in the midst of all my situations and circumstances. I don't want to waste another day. May this be a central work day between you and me. Oh, what a difference this makes. It would be a step toward the new revival. Two, the principle in God's work is to gain persons and by gaining them to have a way to go on. That is what happened with the apostles. The Lord gained them. He allowed them to pass through a great failure. All of them forsook him. He knew they would. They're not able to do anything else. He allowed Satan to sift them. Then he brought them into resurrection. Then in Acts 20, they're in, in Acts chapter 1, they're in one accord. Now the Lord has a way to go on with a group of brothers and sisters whom he had gained through his central work. And this really is the essence of the full-time training and of all other trainings in various degrees. It's an opportunity for the Lord to gain persons. And then with these gained persons, I would say, he has a way to go on. Now he has a way to go on throughout the United States to raise up new churches. Now he has a way to preach the gospel on the campuses and bring in hundreds and hundreds of young men and women. Now he's able to go to Europe and other places because he's gained the persons. But I know from my background, the seminary, and then the religious work that they're trained to do, the seminarians, the focus is on the work and the desire, actually the ambition to be so successful. But we need to have the right order. Our focus is on the central work of God for him to gain us, then in the spirit of the body, we can carry out 
the work of God to disciple the nations, perfect the saints, and build up the churches. Four, spiritual progress consists in allowing God to gain ground within us. This is how he measures spiritual progress. God gaining ground within us. I believe many of you have had the experience that I'm now about to share in a general way. You meet a brother or a sister that you haven't seen for maybe a year or two. And even now when we, the pandemic with the limitations and many of us, we can't be together personally. Then you see someone and there's such joy within you. You have the sense Wow, there is more Christ in this dear one. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. What an increase. This is God's measure. Now, section three. The governing vision of the Bible is the triune God working himself into his chosen and redeemed people to be their life and life supply in order to saturate their entire being with the divine trinity. A, the kernel of the divine revelation is that God created us and redeemed us for the purpose of working himself into us to be our life, our life supply, and everything. Okay, now we know why we exist. Why God created us and why he redeemed us. His purpose in creation and redemption is to work himself into us. This is God's purpose. This is God's purpose for your life and my life every day. B, God's desire is to come into us to be our life and our person. Brothers and sisters, for someone to say God's desire, that indicates this one truly knows God, to know God's desire. It's very rare, and it should be actually rare, where we really know the desire of the heart of one another. This is a very personal matter to open up your heart to someone and make known their desire. And actually, in a proper courtship under the Spirit's leading, and under the covering of the body, the brother there at a certain time should open his heart to the sister and say, Sister, this is what I live for. I live for the central work of God. This is my daily prayer. I am willing to follow the lamb wherever he may go. 
And I want my life, my personal life, married life, family life, to contribute to the fulfillment of the desire of God's heart. Then this sister listens to us, to, to this, and almost weeps for joy. And now she opens her heart, and it's a perfect match. But God has opened his heart to us. His desire is to come into us to be our life and our person. One, in this way, he becomes one with us, and we become one with him. Then, as he lives in us, we live him. This is the center. This is the issue of the central work of God. He is one with us. We are one with him. He lives in us, and we live him. Two, this is the basic principle of the divine revelation in the Bible. If the light would shine on this right now or soon afterward, the Bible will be a new book, a new spiritual library composed of 66 books, new to us. Because now we know the basic principle. And we exercise in our reading and study and praying to touch this principle in the divine revelation in the Bible. C, the New Testament revelation shows us the triune God and how he has gone through a process to become the all-inclusive, life-giving spirit, to work himself into us to become our life, our life supply, and everything. In order for us to really cooperate with the central work of God, we need a vision of what the triune God has passed through in order to be able to enter into us. If he just remained in the Godhead, there's no way, I mentioned this before, he could enter into us earthen vessels, even though we're forgiven and cleansed and regenerated. He himself in Christ passed through incarnation, human living with its sufferings, the death on the cross, the resurrection, ascension, glorification, a throne, enthronement. Now he can come into us and be one with us and cause us to know we are one spirit with the Lord. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. How we should thank him and praise him and worship him and glorify him for passing through such a process economically. This didn't change the Godhead, but economically 
That is why the Lord in John 20, 22 said, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Breath. Breathe me in. Drink me in. Eat me as the living bread. I want to come into you. I have been processed to be able to enter into you, to make myself one with you and make you one with me. A D, the entire Bible was written according to the principle of the triune God wrought into his redeemed people as their enjoyment, their drink, and their fountain of life and light. Once again, we see the governing principle. The principle of the triune God wrought into his redeemed people as their enjoyment. The first thing mentioned, as their enjoyment. Our God wants to become your enjoyment. Can I uh, just give a brief, very recent Little experience. This is little. Uh, I had nails in two of my tires. And uh, it turned out when I brought them to the tire shop, I really needed to replace all the tires. And so I left the car there. I was familiar with this tire store. They're very trustworthy people. And they worked on this and other things that needed repair, as I asked them to do. And then the manager called me and said, Ron, we can't find the key to your car. And the car is beeping right now. And the car that was given to me several years ago by an anonymous brother who was going back to Korea. He doesn't have like that old-fashioned key. You open the door or you put a key in the keyhole in the car. It's, it's somehow electronic. If you have it on your person and you press the button, the car starts. But no key. No car. Practicality. Well, of course, I realize the significance of this. But throughout the whole situation, I was just full of joy. I was surprised. There was no joy about this situation. The matter still is trying to be resolved with the manager of the tire shop. And I believe it's a little experience, and I emphasize a little, okay? A little experience of the triune God working himself into me as enjoyment, as enjoyment. And drink, and the fountain of life and light 
I love these verses in Psalm 36. With you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. We enter into you, dear God, as light itself. We're in the realm of light. And now we see specific light on this and that. Marvelous. That his heart right now is to work himself into us for our enjoyment, life, light, fountain, all that our inner being needs. One, this principle must govern and direct us in interpreting any portion of the Bible. Again, a governing principle. When we read the Bible, it's so good to be able to read it all the way through, year after year. And maybe read the New Testament text more frequently. If uh, you read this from the text version of the New Testament English, five pages a day, you could read the whole New Testament in three months, four times a year. But we need to do this with this governing principle in understanding and interpreting any portion of the Bible. This is, was an essential matter in Brother Lee's ministry, in the ministry of the age. And we, a group of serving ones, not an official group, just corporately, are exercised to faithfully continue this principle. And as Brother Lee charged us, develop my ministry, develop this. But you must keep this governing principle. Two, we need to be constituted with this principle. So it can't just be outward, something we may or may not remember. It's part of our being, our constitution. It's just here. We're reading this book. My wife in particular is presently reading Isaiah with the life study of Isaiah. And then she just shares things with me and has fellowship about things. And I just sense she may not realize it, but she's applying this principle. And she's just an ordinary sister. Like, actually, I'm an ordinary brother, same as you. We're not special in some kind of way of the human way of thinking. We're all just members. And may this principle be wrought into our being and it must become a vision to us. A vision governs our reading of the Bible. We're reading through the New Testament again. I'm so thankful that the elders in the church in Anaheim set up a schedule to read through the Old Testament recovery version 
with all the footnotes at a very reasonable pace for two years. And now we're nearing the end of doing the same thing in the New Testament. Reading Revelation and the footnotes. And I'm so thankful that our dear brothers gave us all this opportunity corporately to do this. And then for this, if we have the vision of God's central work, the New Testament, the whole Bible will be fresh. Every time we read, it is new and living and vital. Then there will be an intrinsic principle within us governing whatever we speak, teach, and preach. And all the brothers that are ministering the word in the feasts and in the conferences, and all the brothers that are ministering the word to the young people, all those teaching in children's meeting, sisters and brothers, the Lord is raising up many, many more brothers who have a portion in the ministry of the word. And we look to the Lord one by one to manifest them and bring them into full function. Our heart is for this. But there must be this intrinsic principle within all of us governing whatever we speak, teach, and preach. And this is something I, Ryan, your brother, am learning. Learning to be governed in speaking, teaching, preaching. May this in intrinsic matter be wrought into us. The vision is governing us, motivating us, supplying us. And now we are cooperating with the central work of God. And this principle that we just covered in this section is being constituted into our being. So when we read or study or pray read the scriptures, we are governed by this principle. Then when we prophesy on the Lord's day, we're learning to prophesy. What we say, what we prophesy, is governed by this principle. Section 4, God's intention in his economy is to build himself in Christ into our being. You can notice, and I did this deliberately, there is repetition here. Please allow me to say, I think it's divine human repetition from a slightly different angle to impress us and inscribe this into our being. God's intention. We know God's intention in his economy is to build himself in Christ into our being. A, God desires to work himself into Christ 
and everything that Christ is and everything that Christ has accomplished are for this one thing. What a statement. It's all for this. Everything that Christ is. He's all-inclusive. Everything that Christ has accomplished are for this. Well, surely we want what Christ is and what Christ has accomplished to be supplied to our own life, our being, because his view is what I am in God's economy, what I've accomplished to carry out God's economy is for me to make my home in your heart. It's for the triune God to work himself into you. Uh, point B. We need God to build himself in Christ into our humanity, working himself into us as our life, our nature, and our person. We all have our nature. That is, we have our disposition. And we have our God-created human features and characteristics that, due to the fall, have become peculiarities. And now we need, we need, I hope we all can truly say, I need God to build himself in Christ into my human being. I need this. God desires this. Amen. I can say to the Lord, Lord, I need this. Maybe he would say amen. Then eventually what we need, the central work, will become our desire. Then the Lord God and we will have the same heart's desire. So that when we come, come to him and contact him, we open our being for him to work himself into us as our life, our nature, and our person. Christ, our life. Christ making himself you. Christ is all. So Christ is you and me. Christ is in all. We're still here, the new me, in whom Christ is. One, as a result, we are not simply persons according to God's heart. We are God in life and in nature, but not in the Godhead. We are God-men. Not merely godly men who have a heart according to God, but our heart is becoming the dwelling place of the triune God in Christ. 
small a and b, merely to be a person according to God's heart means nothing. For one may be according to God's heart, but still be empty, not having God wrought into his heart. Yes, David's heart was according to God's heart. And surely we want our heart to be according to God's heart. But if we stop here, we will remain empty. And we may not realize it till it's too late as far as the length of our days are concerned. Not having God wrought into his heart. This is a very simple prayer. Lord, work yourself into my heart. Lord, make your home in every part of my heart. Little b, God wants those who can say, I am not just a person according to God's heart. I am God in life and nature, but not in the Godhead. We say this because God is making himself us and making us God in life, nature, in virtues, in expression, but absolutely not in the Godhead, not as an object of worship, will never be omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipotent. No, we will never be the I am, self-existing. No. But all of our children are the same as their parents in life and nature. We have been born of God. We are the same as God in life and nature. And now we want this life and nature of God to saturate our heart. Two, all the steps, great and small, that God takes in our daily life are to fulfill his intention of building himself in Christ into our being. Okay, all the steps. I told you about the little step of my car key being lost. It's still gone. I couldn't drive over here where I am. I walked over here, which was healthy, which was good. But then we've all suffered great steps, heart-rending losses, all of us. But all this is to fulfill God's intention of building himself in Christ into our being. These are all things. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. We love God because of 1 John 4.19. We love because he first loved us. We can say we love God. And we can testify we are called according to God's purpose. His purpose is to build himself into us, to make us his corporate expression. Now I'd like to end in just three or four minutes with a word and application of consecration. 
And as I mentioned in the very beginning, to have a genuine consecration to the Lord concerning the central work of God. And just some reminders. The definition of consecration is our consent to God working in us and on us. Consecration is not our promising to do something. After one message some years ago, a dear brother came to the microphone and he said, I consecrate myself to read all the life studies in three years. That's being kind of heroic. That's not giving God the permission to work in him or on him. Let's be reminded of what we mean by consecration. And consecration is our consent to God's directing our ways, all of our steps. And the purpose of consecration is to be gained by God and to be used by God and to work for God. Now I'd like to apply this and say we need a consecration for the central work of God. It's so simple. Every day at breakfast, my wife and I almost the words are very similar. Lord, thank you for a new beginning, a new day. We give ourselves to you. Work yourself into us today. So simple. We consecrate this day for your central work. And work in us, work on us, work through us. Direct all the steps of every aspect of our life. Lord, this is how we choose to live. We know the central question is whether we will allow God to work himself into us. We're not robots. We're not puppets. We're human beings with a will to make decisions. We need to cooperate with God and allow him, like Paul said, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You need to let, you need to decide, not just have a feeling, decide. Lord, I decide, I choose that you would continue your central work in me and to direct my steps. And as we pointed out, the priority in this consecration is for God to work himself into us not that we do some work for him as the first thing. And then I just would like to read some points. And if the Lord would lead you, I'll mention some verses. And if you want to, you can consider this. The kind of person who cooperates with the triune God in his central work. What kind of believer and there are two verses here, 2 Timothy 1, 7 and Matthew 5, 3 and 8. We need to be a person poor in spirit. Every time 
we come to the Lord, every time we come to a meeting, every time we attend a conference or a training, we're poor in spirit. Second, we need to be one who can drop anything within us and seek the Lord with a single heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now we're coming to him. So many things are going on. Yes, the Lord knows. But now we set them aside. Lord, I'm here to cooperate with you for your central work in me. And next, we need to turn to the Lord in a simple way. Lord, I turn my heart to you. Through your precious blood, I come to you just as I am. You know where I am. Lord, I'm here to receive your dispensing. And we need to take care of the sense of life within. The anointing is teaching us to abide in him. And as we abide in him under the anointing, he has the full way to carry out his central work. And then finally, we are open to be filled with God as our content. I thank the Lord for his mercy that he enabled me to present this message to you as just an earthen vessel. But there's some treasure here in your vessel, in you as a vessel, and in me, which is the all-inclusive Christ being wrought into our being. He has paid the great price to become the life-giving spirit to be able to enter into us and work himself into us. Now by his mercy and grace, let us cooperate with him and decide, Lord, direct my steps. Lord, you're free to work in me and on me. Lord, I'm an open vessel to you. Lord, please continue your central work in me. Build yourself into my being. And Lord, work yourself into the being of all the saints for the building up of the body of Christ and to fulfill the desire of your heart.